0: Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Brusseling Unlimited, as it's Wednesday, and we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. No Luke, because it's late, it's almost midnight here in California, he's like two hours ahead of me, so I was like, hey, if you're going to bed, because it's so late, don't even worry about it. Like, don't even worry about it. And so I told him, got this, also, why is this, there we go, that was weird, it was on, and then it turned itself off. But I actually, the reason we're so late starting is because I was at Dynamite. But it wasn't just Dynamite. There four shows in total. We'll talk about everything. We'll do the normal Dynamite review. And then I'll go back and talk about all the other shows afterwards if you don't want to be spoiled. Because there was, of course, Dynamite. There was AW Dark. There was AW Rampage. And if you guys didn't hear, I'm going to pull the image up on the screen Ring of they did a Ring of Honor show as well to tribute to pay tribute to um Jay Briscoe who passed away yesterday. Now I'll, I'll get to it when we get to it, but Tony said that there's a lot of people you're not gonna ex you're not expecting to see gonna work this and beyond this, and it was just all the people that are normally there for a Dynamite or a Rampage. So unless There are more people doing like backstage segments talking about Jay than we saw that we didn't see. And I don't know what they're talking about because he's like, Yeah, we got people that flew in from across the country last minute to be here. And I'm like, "Mm, These are people I see on TV every week other than Christopher Daniels, but he's there every week because he's running talent relations. So we'll get into it. But I just like, I don't know what the heck he was talking about as far as. Other people being here for the show and this. and We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But they did. I'm trying to find the image now, which I can't find for some reason.
1: They did run a tribute show. Here we go. Why can't I pull this up on the
0: screen? Here we go. So it was the Jay Briscoe. Celebration of life. They had Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni on commentary. And yeah. Really. Really cool thing they did. We didn't know it was going to happen. Tony Khan came out before Dynamite and was like. you hey guys don't forget we're filming Rampage tonight. But there's going to be something else we film after that. I can't say what it is right now. I don't have enough time. But I'll tell you as soon as Dynamite is over. And then 15 minutes later. Tony Khan would send out a tweet stating that they're filming this, the, um, what's it called? Celebration of life. Uh, Eric Tate says, was you at ringside? No, I was not at ringside. Honestly, I didn't want to be at ringside because if I was up a little, which I was, you get better pictures. I mean, if you're at ringside, you've got, you know, the ring here, and you're like, ooh, I'm trying to get a good picture, but I can't really get a picture because I'm too close. No, no. It's all about positioning. So I picked the seat that I was in because I knew that that was going to be a good position to get pictures and I'll talk about it. I moved seats later and wish I would have moved earlier. Cause I noticed that there was a section nobody was sitting in. So I, and a couple of people moved. No one said anything once we moved. So but it was like comparable to where we were. It was just more straight on to the ring. You can see watch. If you look at my photos here, like this one, I'm more like angled on the ring. And then once I finally
1: moved, oh, you can't see it now. Hold on. So if you look at this photo, I'm angled on the ring. And these freaking
0: crowd mics were in the freaking way annoying me for most of the show. But eventually I moved and I was more straight on with the ring.
1: I think there's a better picture. Uh, This one. This one shows it better. Yeah, more straight on with the ring. So,
0: we'll get into all that. We'll talk about all that later. Because if someone doesn't want to be spoiled, then we're not going to talk about it on the regular part of the podcast. So that way they're not spoiled. But with that, I do want to say thank you if you are watching live. And I really want to say thank you if you're watching live. Because it's almost midnight uh, Pacific time. Twitch.tv Forward slash PW Unlimited. Um, trying to read the chat, but it's for some reason. Uh, Symphonahanka, I hope I read that right. Says, I want to go to tonight's show, but I had something come up. Oh, I didn't know you're local. Didn't know you're local. But again, thank you if you're watching live on Twitch, because this is going to be a late one. This is going to be a late one. Also, I want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have or have access to Amazon Prime, a Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout
1: the month. Okay, I <laughs> get rid of this damn cough.
0: Also, remember, if you are watching live on YouTube, you can help us out over there by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also, finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket league Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no time. Extra cost. All right. So Dynamite. Dynamite opens up with a. Actually, I want to show you guys something really fast. There was a really cool sign that these fans brought. Because Dynamite opened with a. In memory of. Jammin J. Briscoe Pugh. Well, these fans. Brought this sign. This really. Stuck with me. We heart Jammin. I thought that was really cool that these fans brought that sign with them. The show did start off with a memorial graphic. Excalibur welcomed us to the show, and we immediately get entrances because the All-Atlantic title was on the line. Orange Cassidy defending against Jay Lethal. I'm going to say live in the building. I don't know how it came off on TV. Haven't watched any of this on TV. Orange Cassidy got one of, if not the biggest, pop of the night. And then he's not, and and some may go, well, was he the first person I saw? Maybe that's why. No, we saw Dark. I think there were, now also I'm going to tell you, I had a buddy do these notes for me. He watched on television. So I'm going to read his notes, but then I might stop a couple times and be like, well, being there live, I noticed this. So I'm reading a friend's notes who watched live on TBS, and then I will fill in some blanks. Of what I saw and what I experienced being their life. So, um, I'm trying to find it now. I saved it to my Google Drive, but now I can't find my notes for the other shows. Give me one quick second. Um, what the hell? Do, 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 do. Where did they go? Here it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what we saw, but we saw one, two, three, four, five. Six matches on dark, so we saw a good number of wrestlers because there's a lot of tags and there's a trios match. And so, Claudio, or not Claudio, um, Orange Cassidy was not the first wrestler we saw, but I will say Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, and Sting, and Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, Sting, and Adam Cole probably got the biggest pops of the night when their music hit or they walked out. Again, haven't watched it on TV, so I don't know how it actually translated,
1: I guess you could say. But they did a video before the match itself started where
0: Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt were basically told, can't come to ringside. Everybody's banned from ringside. And don't even try to just come out there and whatever. Match gets going and immediately, here comes Jeff Jarrett, Satin, Singh, and Sanjay Dutt down the stairs. And they go and they sit in the front row. They're like, we got tickets. And so, the thing was, if they interfere, Sanjay is fired. It's not just that Jay gets disqualified or whatever. Sanjay loses his job. So there's a fast start with Orange Cassidy. As he was sent to the floor. And Dutt had to hold Jarrett back a couple times. For trying to jump the barricade. Dan Housen would then come out. Dressed as a security guard. To inspect their tickets. As Trent and Chuck. Walked up with popcorn behind them. And so. This happens with Trent and Chuck walking up. And I just thought it was a random ass fan. To be completely honest. I didn't see Trent. But I see Chuck at first. Just wearing this bright red shirt. And I'm like. Because he like walks up. And he kind of like says something to them. And I thought maybe it was a fan going, Hey, you're in my way or whatnot. But eventually I realized that it was best friends. But at first glance, I didn't. I thought it was just a random fan walking to their seat. But as this all happens, Cassidy wiped out a distracted Jay Lethal with a dive. There was a tornado DDT that was blocked into a hot shot as Lethal took over. For some reason, Dan Housen was allowed to stay at ringside. He literally. So. He was pretending to be security to check their tickets on the other side of the barricade. Then he jumps to the barricade, and the ref just lets him stay. Like, what? I thought you said everybody is banned from ringside. Nope. I guess not. Uh, Lethal then drove Cassidy into the ring post. Commentary pointed out the armband on Jay Lethal's arm. I actually saw the armbands but didn't know what they were until I saw people tweeting about it later.
1: And they had uh, Jay Briscoe, Tribute armbands. So uh, Cassidy was sent to the apron and delivered 10 buckle, uh, corner buckles.
0: He basically was on the apron. Okay, Lethal was in the ring and he's like, one, two, three, eight, nine. He did, he did 10 of them in total. Cassidy then hit a stun dog millionaire. At one point, and a spinning DDT, but only managed to get a two off of it. Crowd really thought that could have been the finish. Cassidy missed the top rope DDT as Lethal countered into a lethal combination and ultimately a lethal injection, but Cassidy wisely rolled to the outside. Chuck Taylor then dumped his popcorn all over Sanjay while referee Bryce Remsburg went to go to the distraction. Jeff Jarrett then tried to hand his guitar to Lethal because, you know, referee's distracted with Sanjay, so then behind the referee's back, Jarrett's like trying to reach around with the guitar to Jay, and Dan Housen grabs it. And Danhausen backs up, and it looks like he's going he's gonna to try and curse Jay Lethal, and then he ding, strums the guitar. Back in the ring, Lethal was rolled up for a two as Cassidy popped up and fired off an orange punch, pinned Jay Lethal, and picks up the victory. So then this is where things got a little confusing for me. I don't know if commentary maybe made this a little more... Known what was going on. So, Satnam Singh gets in the ring. Best friends are already in the ring to celebrate. No. Yes. Satnam Singh gets in the ring. And he grabs best friends like he's going to choke slam them both. Sanjay runs in and is like, no, 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 no. So, is it that Sanjay, no one can interfere at all? Before or after during the match? Or was it just for the match? Because I thought you couldn't—they couldn't interfere during the match. Anything after should have been fine, but Sanjay stops him. Jarrett then wants to go for a guitar shot on Orange Cassidy. Sanjay again stops him. As all so, after the choke slam was stopped, Trent goes and sits in the corner with his bucket of popcorn. This popped me big because freaking Orange Cassidy's trying to stand up and he's all woozily. And Trent's just in the corner, and fucking Jarrett's about to go for the freaking guitar shot. Trent not even trying to help. Sanjay's no 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 don't do it. We need to leave. We need to leave. And Trent's just like popcorn, popcorn, popcorn. Finally, he gets up, and they they leave,
1: and the best friends hug in the ring, and it was funny. It was funny. Um. Eric Tate says, how big is the new set?
0: I mean, it's good size. Now, I'm going to preface. I've only ever been to one other AEW show, and I was at AEW's first ever show. I believe that set never changed size-wise. So as far as this set compared to that set, that set felt a lot wider and maybe as tall if not a little smaller. This one feels like it might be a little taller, but the old stage felt so much wider. I will also say I've shit on the look of the stage. It looks better in person. I will say it does look better in person. Also another note. So you know how most arenas, especially for like basketball and stuff, they've got the scoreboard, with the screens around it and stuff, like ours has four screens on it that hangs up from the top of the rafters. WWE always uses it, always live events, Raw, SmackDown, always. And, AW they raised that bitch to the top and said we ain't using it. Uh, Ethan's no YouTube, no Twitter poll. I didn't get them out, and it's too late for people to. I don't know if people are gonna actually voting them at midnight. So, we had a Twitch poll, though. Voting in the Twitch poll. But, yeah. So, that was one difference between going to an AEW show at the Save Mart Center compared to a WWE show. WWE always uses the scoreboard as a screen. AEW raised it to the top, didn't use it at all. Another interesting thing that I'll note. So, they got the big new screen. And... They've got the middle screen up at the top, but so it's got the show logo on it. Well, interestingly, they had a feed of the show on there for Dynamite and for Dark. Weirdly, they had the same video twice on either corner, which was kind of weird. But then for Rampage... And the Ring of Honor show, they didn't do that. So I don't know why they didn't, during at least during matches and stuff. But where I was sitting initially was right behind some of the production people. So I can just peek at their monitor and get the same feed. So I was all good. But it was weird. Hold on, let me see if I got a picture of that. I didn't post a picture. But let me see if I got a picture of that. Because it was kind of weird the way they had it set up on the screen. Um... Because I know at one point I went, went to take a picture of it, and then I think they pulled it off. So I was going to tweet, why do we need this on the screen twice? I don't think I did take a picture of it. I think I got right after they changed it. Also, also. Because I had people ask me, how was the crowd? How was the crowd? Well, I'm going to pull something up really fast. If I still can. I can. Okay.
1: So, I'm going to pull this up on the screen really fast to show you something. Um, Ethan says, are you going over Rampage in the ROH show, ROH show at the end? Yes, because those
0: are technically spoilers. Now, I want to show you guys this really fast. This is the, the seating map for the show tonight. All of this... Was filled up to here. So from 124 all the way around here. Ball seats at the top, tarped off. They didn't sell those at all. But then there were some people here in 123. Nobody in 122. Nobody in 121. Nobody in 120. So these three sections, nobody sat there. No tickets sold again, I guess. I don't know. This section is where the hard cameras were. Right here. Because actually, everything here was actually shifted down some. Because the ring was centered right here on 123. Because I initially was sitting at 124. And then when I moved over to 123, I was centered on the ring. So the ring was actually moved down a little bit. And then all these sections were filled up too. But right before dynamite started, I was sitting right up here. Two rows ahead of me. They take the entire row and ask them to stand up. And bring them all the way around to over here try and fill in some of these empty seats that didn't sell. So, so it looked better on television. That was something they did as well. And these people ended up, I mean, I would have said, no, I don't want to move. They got to sit like five rows closer. Then you're on opposite a hard camera and anybody doing anything in the ring. Even though there wasn't many in ring promos tonight, which is kind of weird. Like, you're looking at the backs of everybody's head. So I was like, I made sure I was sitting on hard cam side. But, yeah, there was three and a half sections just empty. And then by the time Dynamite started, it filled up like those. Because at first you look over there and you go, oh, those are a lot of empty seats. But I guess being on West Coast, the show itself, the event, I guess you can call it, started at four. But a lot of people got there right when Dynamite started.
1: I mean doors open to three, people still god dang work. <clears throat> god dang. Anyways. We move forward and we got a great
0: match. A fantastic match. The Young Bucks against Top Flight. No Kenny Omega at all on these shows. Kenny was not there at all. We saw in front of the live crowd. We didn't see no Kenny in front of the live crowd. And this match was so good. And I saw a lot of people going, Oh, I'm shocked.
1: Top flight beat the young bucks. I'm so surprised. The young bucks lost. I wasn't. I'm like young bucks lost because I honestly think what they're going to do
0: is be like, Oh, Oh, Top Flight and AR Fox can now say they want a challenge for the trios titles. Then, Top Flight can stay on a roll by going, huh. Well, well, let me rephrase that. Top Flight and AR Fox can now say that they want a trios title match. Then, what do you do? You beat AR Fox in that trios title match.
1: That's what you do. That's where I think this is leading to. So, um, because I think didn't they win
0: some sort of like a Trios Battle Royal or something. Kind
1: of earn it anyways already. I think. Yes, Mr. Bangs. This is a. It's empty right now. But it is a. Xbox Series X mini fridge.
0: Also lights up green at the top.
1: But the light
0: is not that bright. So I'm going to try and open this thing up. And see if I can put a brighter light in there. I'm going to jimmy guys hope we don't break it. Oh, yes. It was an Xbox mini fridge I got for Christmas. Anyways. Nick and Dante started off the match and showed off some great athleticism. As compared their similarities. The similarities between Top Flight and uh, the Young Bucks. Again, remember, I'm reading somebody else's notes. I had a friend take these for me. because I wasn't taking notes while I was there because I was taking pictures and
1: filming shit. No Kid Vicious. I'm a I'm a PlayStation guy, but they don't have a PlayStation mini fridge. Anyways, um, Darius and Dante at one point started doing the quick tag stuff, where one hit in the corner
0: tag back out, one hit in the corner tag back out. On Matt as Nick was, uh, Nick would run in at one point and hit a double drop, uh, yeah, get hit with a double drop kick. There was a low drop kick that sent Darius to the corner. As Dante hung up, as Dante was, oh, hung in the corner. There's a double stomp by Nick on Darius that led to a roll through and a backstabber on Dante. The Bucks then controlled the action during the commercial break as Nick robbed Dante of a hot tag. There, there's a corner bulldog into a dropkick combo connected by the Bucks as it was followed by the risky business for a two. Dante rolled through a double arm drag and hit a head scissors on Matt that led to the Darius hot tag, and he ran wild. There was a Spanish fly, standing Spanish fly at one point on Matt that led to a dive to the floor on Nick as Darius got a top rope crossbody on Matt for a two. There was a series of blind tags that led to a failed Meltzer driver. When they teased that Meltzer driver, this place was like, Oh! Then Nick gets pulled off the apron, and they're like, oh. they wanted to see that Meltzer driver so bad. So bad. Uh, top flight hit a slingshot flatliner. There's a dive to the floor and a powerbomb nosedive combination, but Nick broke up the pin. Very last second, crowd, whoo, going crazy the way Nick dove in to break up the pin. Basically, just dove right on top of them. Nick then hit a face buster on Darius and a moonsault on Dante outside and immediately back in with a destroyer on Darius for a two. We got this is awesome chance as Matt Jackson kisses the Briscoe's armband and the Bucks hit a Briscoe style doomsday device, but Dante broke up the pin. Dante sent both Bucks Bucks outside, tried his no no hand springboard dive, but leapt right into a double super kick. The Bucks went for the BTE trigger on Darius, who ducked the move, and the Bucks knocked knees. And Darius rolled up Matt for the flash pin one two three. So there we go, young Bucks do get defeated. So then they go to commercial, and for like four or five minutes, Justin Roberts is hyping up the crowd. Who do you guys want to see? I see a lot of scissors out here. You guys want to see the acclaimed? The crowd's like, yeah. Like, well, let them know you want to see the acclaimed. And everyone's like, the acclaimed, the acclaimed, the acclaimed. And then this thing flashes on the screen and it says, the acclaimed and daddy ass next. And the crowd goes nuts. And Justin Roberts is like, oh, you're going to get it. They're coming out next. The acclaimed, they're coming. We're going to see our tag team champions. We're going back live in five, four, three,
1: two. And then out come the guns. And this crowd just just got
0: so defeated, so pissed off, so they felt, what's the word I'm looking for? Hosed, I guess you could say. They felt gypped. They felt like they they were bamboozled by old Justin Roberts. It's Justin Roberts. Hype this crowd up like the next people we're going to see are the Acclaimed. And then out come the Guns. The Guns come out. Gun Club. The Guns, whatever you want to call them. Come out to the ring. And said the Acclaimed embarrassed them last week. The Acclaimed stole their father. And the Acclaimed are all the Tag Team Champions only because of them. But that's it. They're not giving them anything ever again. Austin then yelled to. Oh, the Acclaimed finally would, would come out. Austin, when you'll cut their music, cut their music, and the crowd booed, because their eyes is about to say, he's like, lit, and they like, cut their music, cut their music, they stop, no rap at that moment, no rap at that moment, and they're like, you guys don't get to sing, and da 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 and Max Caster's like, hold on, you don't tell me what to do, hit hey, my music again, let's do this. And you hear people in the crowd going, listen, listen. Like Everyone in my section was just yelling, listen, listen. So finally he does the rap. He says there, um, Castor told him to, he, he, first he, he says, play my music and cut Austin's mic. He then freestyled on the guns. He said there worse sons than, uh, than Hunter Biden. He would then go on to say, we're here in Fresno State. The home of the Bulldogs. But right now I'm looking at just a bunch of bullshitters. And apparently bullshitters was bleeped out on TBS. If you want to see the uncensored version, it's up on our Twitter. Well, actually my Twitter, at TimmyBuddy. And then I retweeted it from the PW Unlimited Twitter. So yeah. He said they're worse sons than Hunter Biden. And we're in Fresno State, the home of the Bulldogs. And I'm looking at a bunch of bullshitters or something like that. Or you guys are bullshitters. They then slide in the ring. Four start brawling before Billy Gunn, Daddy Ass, jumps in the ring and separates them. He separates them. Eventually tells Austin and Colton to get out of the ring. They get out of the ring. He goes, when did you guys become entitled little asses? He's like, that's not how I raised you or something like that. And then he looks at the guns. He's like, no, or no, they claimed. He's like, also, you two, you're tag team champions. So you need to start acting like it. He then said, next week, all of us, we're sitting down. We're having a little powwow. We're going to hash this all out. And the guns and the acclaimed were like, what? We got to do what? And Billy looks around. He's like, well, I got two words for you. And you think maybe he's going to say, scissor me. Maybe the off chance he says, suck it. And he just goes, family therapy, and drops the
1: mic. Everybody... Busted up laughing when he said that. He's just like, family therapy. Then we go to the back. We see Hangman Page with Renee Paquette. She asked
0: how he's feeling physically. Page said that he stuck to his word when he said he's knocked Moxley out for mocking him about what happened in their first match. Renee asked where he goes from here, which Page says, well, he needs to have some tough conversations, and mend some fences some people he hasn't talked to in a while. Renee would then wrap it up and whatnot, and you think they're done filming, and then go, Paige goes, wait, hold on, hold on. What, I, I, I'm gonna, how's John doing? How's John feeling? And she goes, well, he's no more beat up than he's ever been in his career and over the last 10 years or so, but yeah. And Paige is like, Well, I got one other. No, I shouldn't. uh, You know what? Mm, I'm I'm not going to ask that. Never mind. Never mind. I I I have a good night or something like that. But he's like wants to ask her another question and then pulls back from it. I don't know what that was going to be, what that was supposed to be.
1: A little weird. But, yeah. Next up, we had Ricky Starks taking on Jake Hager. Uh, Chris Jericho was on commentary here
0: as Hager quickly mowed down Starks to start. The, the purple hat came off. Starks got a corner boot and put the bucket hat on before doing the rope walk as Hager fought it off, but was then tossed to the outside. Hager blocked a baseball slide as Starks tried to slide below the bottom buckle, but his ankle rolled under him and looked really awkward as Hager hit a lariat. Hager then controlled, uh, took control during the break as he was about to powerbomb Starks to the floor through a table that Matt Menard and Angela Parker set up. And when this table came out, these people were like, yes, oh my God, tables, tables, tables. They're like,
1: give me tables, give me tables, or give us tables, or something like that. And the table really that I noticed from my vantage
0: point never came into play. Again, a lot of the stuff at ringside, couldn't see. I kind of tried to watch the production guy's monitor down below me. But I didn't really see anything happen with the table. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't. Let's keep reading these notes from John. Um, Stark hits a tornado DDT and gets a... uh, No, so Hager goes for the powerbomb attempt. He misses it. Stark hits a tornado DDT. He gets a two off of it. Narden Parker tried to run distraction but failed, and Starks hit a huge spear and pinned Hager 1-2-3. Immediately, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara hit the ring. But Starks jumps into the crowd, runs up the steps, and gets away. Numbers didn't get to him this week. We got a brief, I didn't see this. Oh, kind of. I knew this played because, again, I was watching the production guys monitor, but we didn't see it in the building.
1: An Adam Cole video about his return last week did play. Uh, Kid Vicious, they did chant, we want tables. But at one point, the word give give us or give me something like that was being chanted as well. Excuse me. Man.
0: So we come back from a break, and we go to the back with Tony Schiavone with a furious JAS. Well, Jericho, Garcia, and Guevara. Jericho said, you know what? Next week, I've requested a tag team match. It's going to be you, Ricky Starks, and that, what did he call him? Oh, he called him something that was actually pretty funny, but I don't remember what it was now. Uh, I think he called him like an orphan, that orphan, Action ready against me and Sammy Guevara. Yes, we're reforming the Lex Sex Gods. And Garcia was like, hmm, well, hey, uh, I want to be in this match. What about me and you instead, Chris? And Sammy's like, finally, everything we've been training for, everything I've been mentoring you about, stepping up and taking initiative. He hugs Garcia. Garcia doesn't really want the hug. They then state, you know what? You know what? You know what? This Friday on Rampage, Daniel's taking on Action Andretti. If you win, Sammy says, you could have my spot. If you beat Action Andretti, you can have my spot. Well, willing. You could be the tag team partner. Varlin says, also, I've got new gear for you. And he gives him these leather pants. And Jericho's like, ooh, leather. Ooh, I like leather. Jericho says, it doesn't matter if it's the sex gods or Garcia Co. Starks and Andretti, we're going to get theirs next week. Honestly, I thought it should be. Garcia instead of Garcia-co or Garcia-cho or whatever he called them. I think it should be Garcia, but whatever. We then got Daniel Bryan or Brian Daniel... Wow, I haven't done that in a while. Brian Danielson and Bandito. And boy howdy do I got some stuff to say about this with the crowd. So honestly, I wish this match would have never ended because it was fan-freaking-tastic. Went about 18 minutes. And if they were not doing the storyline where Danielson can't lose right now or he doesn't get the title shot, they should have switched this finish to Bandito. This crowd, and I mean, no shocker here in Fresno, but this crowd loved Bandito. Bandito came out to a great reaction, and as soon as the match started, they were booing Danielson, cheering Bandito. But again, there's a very big Mexican community here in Fresno, so no shocker that Bandito got the cheers, which a little bit kind of maybe because when Roosh worked dark, they couldn't give two craps, but maybe because it was dark and not everybody was in the building yet. But this crowd was totally, I would say 70-30 for Bandito, if not more. Like half this match, the crowd's just going, Si se puede, si se puede. Like half this whole match. They're just chanting that, and they're like, Yeah, no, no, this crowd loved the hell out of Bandito. So it was the battle of two former ROH world champions, and they adhered to the code of honor early on. Danielson, so okay, John did write in these notes. Crowd was loudly behind Bandito, so it did come off well on television. That's good to know. That's really good to know. Yes, I know, Kid Vicious. I just messed up and said Daniel Bryan by accident. It happens. It's a Freudian slip. Or you accidentally say the wrong thing that you've been so accustomed to saying for years. It's not a big deal, bud. Anyways, Danielson wraps the leg of Bandito early on and hooks the arm into a high stack for a two as he smirks at Bandito who quickly follows up the Romero special. Danielson escapes and tries to get into one of his own like a nose hair that's tickling my nose. Anyways, he stomps at the knees of Bandito. There's a fast series that led to Bandito rolling through a sunset flip, trapping the arms as Danielson bridged up his neck to power out of it and get right into his face. There's a little face-off. Bandito then locked on the El El Nudo... I'm going to butcher this. El Nudo Lagnegro, the finisher of Blue Panther, as Danielson escaped to the floor, but Bandito quickly hit a tope, and a tope con griot. Still, I don't know how these guys, like, I know how to do a front flip. I can do a front flip, but I don't know how to do a dive and then in midair just woo, rotate my body. No. If I'm doing a flip, I got to do it off the jump, off, off the, just right off the cuff. I don't know how to jump and then do the flip in mid, uh-uh. Bandito tried a springboard back in the ring, but Danielson caught him with a kick in midair to take over into a commercial break. Danielson controlled the entire break, but ran into a pop-up face buster by Bandito for a double down. There's a chop battle that led to some uppercuts by Danielson in the corner as he moonsaulted out of the corner right into a Bandito super kick. There's a spinning moonsault crossbody that led to a stalling vertical suplex by Bandito. Crowd loved this. Bandito's got Danielson, and he's like kind of got him up, and he's like, oh, and he's fighting it, and he's fighting it, and he's fighting it. And he's fighting, and the crowd's like, ah, 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 And he's fighting, and he's fighting. he finally gets Danielson up for the straight, like, he's just straight. Danielson straight up and down, vertical. This crowd, when he got him up, lost their bananas. It was one of the bigger pops of the night. When he finally muscled Danielson up straight and held him up there for a minute for that stalling vertical suplex. Like, oh, my, I've never seen that kind of reaction live for a suplex. But Bandito got it. Literally, he's like, Fighting it. And he's fighting. And he's trying to muscle Danielson up. And he kind of loses it for a second. And he gets it again. And he loses it. For, and he finally. Whoosh. And when he gets him fully extended. This crowd just. Ha, like holy crap. Who would have thought Kenny Omega came out or something. Anyways. Stalling vertical suplex. He held Danielson up with one arm at one point as well. Bandito tried a frog splash. But Danielson got the knees up. And rolled into a label lock. As he screamed for Bandito to tap out. But no avail. As his other arm was wrenched back, Bandito broke the hold with his toe on the ropes. Danielson fired off some kicks, but Bandito blocked the home run shot. What have I been saying the last like five, six weeks? Quit the home run shot. Everybody blocks it. He then hits a spinning GTS off of a torture rack. Danielson then flips out of a 21 plex as there is a drop toe hold that led to each man getting a near fall off of a LeMastro... I always butcher this word. La magistral, the magistral cradle. Then there was another double down spot. Bandito was then sent to the outside, and Danielson hit a low drop kick and a running knee off the apron. Both traded forearms while in the corner, and Bandito hit a moonsault. All right, this was just nuts. Avalanche moonsault follow a slam that looked like he barely got the rotation off on this the last second. Holy crap. Twenty one plex. Danielson kicks at it too. And they get an ex- insane striking battle where these two are just bomb, 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 beating the shit out of each other as Danielson fought out of a brain buster. He tried to go for the label lock, but Bandito powered out. There was a backslide that led to a Busaku knee and Danielson picking up the victory. So there we go. So we hear MJF's music. He bumps up on the screen and he's like, hey, well, you know what? I don't think these people deserve to see me in the cuts. And then it cuts right back to him and goes, never mind, I got stuff to say. I'll let these people see me, but not out there on the screen. He's like, since right, he's like, these fans are fickle, as you like to say. But also, you haven't been seeing the real Max. You've been dealing with the masked Max. But the closer you get to Revolution, the more the mask gets peeled back. Like not even a dragon is ready or enough for the man behind the mask. So this was a Different MJF. The one who ran in fear last week. uh, Not the one who ran in fear last week. He would then go on to state that you may call yourself the dragon, but I'm the monster.
1: Something like that. And they got another, we got a weird pre-tape segment. So it's
0: Soraya, Tony Storm, and Ishida. And they're backstage and they're like, Tony Storm's like, Sheeta. why'd you throw the kendo stick in the ring? You screwed us. You messed us up. And then Soraya's Sh- like, Tony, calm down. I don't think she meant it to go that way. It was an accident. She's like, of course. And then Tony looks at Soraya Sh- and she's like, well, what's the problem with all these originals? I think they're better than everybody because they've been here longer. And this and then she starts talking shit on Sheeta and all the other girls that have been here since the beginning. She's like, what? Huh? Hey. And then is like, all right. By the way, Tony's got a match later with Willow. Well, next we don't want you out there. After what happened last week, we don't want you out there.
1: So don't come to ringside. <laughs> All I'm going to say. <clears throat> God damn. All I'm going to say. Ray and Tony, they're heels now. I think
0: and I'll get to this in a little bit. They're leading to a woman's blood and guts. So we go to the back, and Renee Paquette is interviewing Brian Cage with Prince Nana. No reference to Brian Cage being from Fresno ish. Like, he grew up in Chico, but then he moved to Fresno and spent a lot of time in Fresno. If you remember in Lucha Underground, Melissa Santos used to always say, from the 559, Brian Cage. Well, 559's uh, Fresno. Local
1: boy. Trust me, I know so many people that know Brian. So, yeah. Like I got a friend that I've known since third grade that in like, ooh, 2009 was friends with Brian Cage when they first both
0: started doing bodybuilding. Brian may have started sooner than that, but that's when uh, my buddy started and he was trained and everything with Brian Cage. I mean, Brian Cage, they're so close friends. Brian Cage was at his wedding. I remember I spoke to Brian Cage one time and I was like, you know, Greg, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, I know there's a whole family. And I was like, yeah, so do I. His mom, Anne, and this and then He's like, oh, yeah, I love Anne. And then, so it's like, yeah. Brian Cage, we consider Brian Cage local. But for some reason, they didn't do anything to hype him up as a local boy. Because the people that know him consider him as local. But I don't know if a lot of the fans that were there tonight really know him as local. Plus, he's a heel on TV, so they're going to boo him anyways because we saw him on Rampage. Because we learned... That next week, though, on Dynamite, he's going to face Brian Danielson. MJF then walks up and was like, hey, I got some money for you. I need a favor. I'm going to pay you this. I don't care if you win. I don't care if you lose next week. But what I want you to do is break Danielson's arm for me. And Cage is kind of like thinking it over and Prince Nana's like, take the money, take the money. And he doesn't really say anything, so MJF slaps him. And he's like, Cage... Comes back and chokes MJF. And Nana's like, Brian, don't. Brian, think about the money. Stop. MJF said, there's no greater motivator than hate. Take the hate you have for me out on Brian next week. So next week on Dynamite, the only... we'll, We'll get to the other match announced for Dynamite on Rampage. But so far, coming out of the tapings, only two matches have been announced for next week's Dynamite. One was announced here Brian Cage versus Brian Danielson. And then a second match gets announced
1: later during Rampage. So going forward, we had Tony Storm
0: versus Willow Nightingale. I'm just going to say it right now. I think I've said this once before, but I don't know if I have. So I'm going to reiterate it here Willow Nightingale is everything they wanted Ky- uh, Kylie Ray to be. When they signed Kylie Ray. As the every girl, like the girl next door that everybody loves and is always happy and is always energetic and always just up for a good time. That's what Willow is, times a million, because she's so much better. Just gonna say now, Willow Nightingale, way better than, than Kylie Ray. But Willow Nightingale, in my opinion, is everything they wanted Kylie to be when they signed her and more. Just saying. So Willow showed off her strength early on with a shoulder tackle, but also her speed as she took Storm down with an arm drag and a low cross body. Nightingale did a cartwheel off an Irish whip as Storm offered a handshake, but slapped Nightingale in the face and hit a hip attack to the floor. Then Sheeta would just walk out with her kendo stick. And she saunters down to the ring and no one sees her at first. She then, for some stupid reason, walks around right over to Saray, And is like, I told you to go to the... Don't come out here and this and that. And they're arguing, yelling at each other. I can hear them all the way where I'm sitting. And Tony Storm doesn't hear it and doesn't bother her no nothing. Go to commercial break. Come back and Storm kept Nightingale down through a break. Willow did fight free from a full Nelson and hit a few corner lariats. There was a massive spine buster by Willow who followed it up with a drop kick off the second rope. Couldn't hit the corner cannonball. Storm responded with a sweet chin music and a spinning DDT for a two. Willow would answer with a midsection pounce. Nightingale was then able to hit the corner cannonball as Soraya would jump on the apron to cause the distraction. First seeds planted of the heel turn. This was enough, though, for Tony Storm to get the roll-up, a handful of tights, another seed of the heel turns, and pick up the victory, or should I say, steal the win. Then the match ends, and immediately, Soraya jumps Willow. Tony jumps in as well. They start putting the boots to her when all of a sudden, Ruby Soho would run out to make the save. Sheeta would kind of look all confused and be like, well, do I go with you? Do I go with you? Do I go with you? What do I do? So, they've been teasing the whole thing of Soraya and Tony. They're, they're, they're full on heels now. Like they're, they're full on heels. But they're teasing the thing of Soraya and Tony don't like the quote-unquote AEW originals. And I guess Willow is now considered an original. Ruby, I don't know what she's supposed to, I don't know. I don't know where this, I I know it's going to eventually lead to like Team Soraya versus Team Britt in Blood and Guts. But I don't know what the teams are going to be other than one side is Soraya and Tony. The other side is Brit and Jamie. I mean, as you add, so you can do, if it's five on five, you can do Brit, Jamie.
1: That means Brit and Jamie are going baby. Brit, Jamie, Sheeta, Willow and
0: Ruby, even though Ruby's not an original because she, and, and originals is the wrong word. Soraya keeps saying, I hate the homegrown talent. I hate the AEW homegrown talent. I can't stand them. They think they're so entitled. So it's like, which way does Ruby go? Ruby's not homegrown. Ruby came from WWE. Ruby had a big name behind her before being, you know, she had a big name on the indies. So she's not homegrown. You know, Jamie kind of is because she... She was known, but not really known before AEW. Same with Britt Baker. She was known, but not really known. So it's like, do you add Ruby on that side? Because Ruby's a baby face. Ruby came out to help Willow. But is Willow... I guess Willow's homegrown, not an original. But then who do you add on the other side? You've got... Because that's the side. Mmm,
1: I got it. Ruby does join Brit and Tony. Because she's going to make Willow
0: think... They are friends, but then she's gonna turn on Willow one week, maybe. Just saying, I don't know when the blood and guts is supposed to happen. It usually happens like May after Double or Nothing, so we got a long ways to build to it. If it's still gonna be like May June, maybe they do it sooner. I don't know, but I think that's the route they're going. But it's like okay, so you got Britt, Jamie, Willow, Sheeta, and one more maybe Soraya.
1: Tony, Ruby. And then who? Let's look at the AW Woman's roster really fast.
0: I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head who's here that's not homegrown. You know what I mean? Jade's homegrown, but I don't think Jade's gonna be in this. I mean she could, but maybe not. I'm trying to find out who's the women that came. I mean Anna J Athena. Athena's not homegrown. She's already a heel. Put Athena
1: over here. That's four. Uh, Athena would be fucking great in a blood and guts match. But I don't see anybody else. Thunder Rosa, maybe. I don't. I don't
0: consider Thunder Rosa homegrown. Serena Deeb. I mean, maybe you could put Serena Deeb over on the the non homegrown, and you can. Kind of maybe make an argument to put Ro- Thunder Rosa on the other side, but she's not even cleared to train yet. She can just run a little. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they flush these teams out. If they are doing the whole, as I mentioned earlier,
1: original slash homegrown against the longtime vets. Rene Paquette backstage with
0: Konosuke Takeshita. Crowd love Takeshita, especially... So he's doing his promo. There's, there was a heckler behind me the entire show until the ROH stuff started. Just heckling everybody. Even a little bit during the ROH stuff, but not really. And so, us up there and he's like got the broken English and the guy's like, can't understand what you're saying. Learn English. I don't know what you're saying. Domegato? Domogato I'm like shut the fuck up, this guy. And then, she just rattles something off in Japanese. And the crowd loses their crap. And they cheered super loud. And Rene goes, Uh, so, can I ask what that means? He's like, ah, MJF's an asshole. He's basically like, I don't trust MJF. I respect Danielson. He's my hero. I watched him growing up and getting into this and this and that. And he's like, is the best. And I'm looking forward to big things in AEW. So let me go to our main event. And before th- the match starts, we're in commercial break, and Justin Roberts goes, next up is our main event, the TNT title on the line. Who do you think is going to walk out victorious? Is it Kushida? And everyone's just like... Well, I can't do a cricket sound. He's like, chip, Crickets. He's like, or is it Darby Allen?" And everyone's like, yeah! And he's like, oh... Sounds like a lot of Derby fans here in Fresno. And I'm like, well, maybe, but we're also not doofs. And we know that Kushida's not winning the TNT title. Yet, the heckler, douchebag behind me, whole match. Let's go, Kushida, new champ. Bring that title to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Bring that title back to your rice. I'm like, back to your rice? Man, this guy was so dumb and so annoying. And so racist
1: at times. Like, God. Anyways, this match, ruled. This match was awesome. Kushida comes out.
0: He's got two, uh, two of the guys from the LA Dojo. Kevin Knight and the DKC. Darby and then walks out. Sting then walks out by his side, and these people lost their ball sacks. Like, they were just like,
1: Oh my god, Sting!
0: Oh! They just went button at us. So early on, there's dueling chants from the crowd. Let's go, Darby Kushida! Let's go, Darby Kushida! Next Caliber tries to run down the resume of Kushida, I guess. Um, there was an excellent series of counters and submi- of submissions as Kushida picked the ankle Allen quickly hit a hip toss, but Kushida flipped out into a snap drop kick. Allen then ducked a baseball slide and threw Kushida into a railing back inside Kushida punted out of an arm. <laughs> Excuse me back inside. Kushida punted out the arm of Allen and tried to soften the arm with a hover lock hoverboard lock. Allen then tried to go for the coffin drop. But Kushida caught him in a forearm strike. Allen then blocked a Pele kick and hit a code red for a two. Kushida
1: rolled to the outside. And Allen. So. <laughs> Kushida goes to the outside.
0: Darby climbs to the top. And like three people around me are all like. Coffin drop? Coffin drop? Is he going for the coffin drop? And I'm like. No. He's not. He's going to go for a flip dive. And boom. He goes for a flip dive. Almost overshoots Knight and DKC, which could have been bad. But he pops right back up. Kushida hooks the arm and hits a running slam as they go to break. Alan then tried fighting back when we returned and ate a Pele kick. Alan was able to hit a scorpion death drop, but couldn't capitalize with how much damage had been done to the arm. Both men were slow to rise as Allen fired off some slaps as Kushida answered with a lariat on the floor. Kushida then hit a diving knee strike onto the bad arm. They battled on the apron where Alan hit an over-the-top stunner. And the commentary wondered, who got the worst of that? Because, you know, Kushida took the stunner, but Darby also flat on his ass on the goddamn apron. Alan then set up a chair ringside, and Sting's like, don't use the chair. He's like, I'm not going to use the chair. Don't use the chair. I'm just going to set up the chair and stick him in the chair. And so, basically... Darby takes Kushida, and he sits him on the chair. And where was I? Allen set up Kushida on the chair and went to go for a shotgun drop dropkick. Kushida tossed the chair away and caught Allen with a cross arm breaker in midair. I didn't really see this that well. I kind of tried to watch it on the screen, so I didn't see the full thing, but it looked awesome from what my vantage point. I didn't get to see the move fully, so I bet you it looks even better than I'm thinking. But, like, Darby jumps at Kushida. Kushida grabs him in midair, like flips around him, and then whoo, right on the arm breaker. Allen's tapping out, kind of, but nothing can happen at ringside. And they're fighting at ringside for like four minutes. This spot happens, and eventually, I think it was Bryce Bremsberg was the referee, correct me if I'm wrong. And he finally just goes, oh, they're outside. One! Two! Three! And I'm like, now you're going to fucking count?
1: They've been fighting on the outside four minutes. Come on. So after all this on the outside, he gets uh, Bryce Remsworth gets to like seven. Darby
0: breaks the count on the apron where Kushida slaps on a key lock and turned it almost into a reverse throw off the top. There's a hoverboard lock that was almost applied, but Allen locked his hands, and so he couldn't really fully get it. Kevin Knight then tossed Sting a towel and told him, throw it in for Darby because he's going to lose. How about just have him lose now? But Sting threw it into the crowd. Allen then powered up, but Kushida went to sink in the submission some more. Allen countered into a last supper and pinned Kushida to pick up the victory. Kushida and Allen then shook hands afterwards as the challenger raised the champion's hand. The show ended with his caliber saying that they are thinking of Jay Briscoe. He is in their hearts and their minds. So, announced for this week's AEW Rampage, which we're going to talk about here in a moment, Danny Garcia will be taking on Action Andretti. We hear from Eddie Kingston. Brian Cage will take on Willie Mack. Jade Cargill and Lee the Gray will be in action as Jungle Boy also takes on Ethan Page. Also, it was announced that next week, Brian Danielson will face Brian Cage. All right, now we're going to do the Twitch poll, we're going to do the text messages. Then we're going to talk everything else that happened at the tapings. So I will put a spoiler alert thing on the screen once we get to that as well. But if you want to be part of the show, remember you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, text in 510-906-1341.
1: So as we check the Twitch poll here, Oh, crap. I just closed it. Twitch poll, twitch poll,
0: twitch poll. 50% liked the show. 33% thought it was just all right. And 17% did not like Dynamite. Uh, this text message here says, who are the first challengers for the AEW World Trios titles? Well, I think it's going to be Air Fox and Top Flight. At one point, I, I would have said um, House of Black. But now after tonight, I think it's going to be um, Pop Flight and Air Fox. Person says, if TK even decides to purchase WWE, would he still honor WWE's deal to go to Saudi Arabia until 2028? I don't know because he might have to legally, but at the same time, there may be some clause he can possibly put into the new contract of buying saying that they don't have to, maybe... There's a thing where if the comp- company is sold and those contracts are non-void, I don't know. Honestly, that's a legal thing that I would have no earthly idea about. Um, says thank you for doing the post show so late. I appreciate everything you do. Did you enjoy the entire experience overall? Also, it's not wrestling related, but have you checked on Stefan? Stephen A. Smith's new book, Straight Shooter. Well, I'm not a book reader, so no. Um, I'm going to get to the whole my experience here in a moment. Experience overall, fantastic. Had a great time. Um, And yeah. I could have done the, the podcast in the morning, but I was just like, you know what? Eh, I'll do it now. And if people miss it, they can always go back and watch it on YouTube. Anyways, so. Now we're jumping into spoiler territory. Because we're going to talk dark. We're going to talk about Rampage, we're going to talk about Ring of Honor. So, I alluded to this earlier. Tony Khan came out and said, we're going to film something special that's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. I'll tell you more about that later. Then he sends out the tweet, so we all finally kind of know. Well, Actually, a lot of people seemed like they didn't know we were getting this Ring of Honor thing, even though Tony tweeted it out. And so, Tony Khan comes out after Dynamite, And he's like, hey, don't leave. We still got Rampage. And then after Rampage, we're doing something else. We are doing a Ring of Honor tribute show in tribute to pay tributes to Jay Briscoe. He's like, we got a lot of people that came out here last minute that you're not going to expect to see that you didn't think you were going to see and this and that and blah, blah, blah. We had people fly from across the country. And I'm like, Cool. Who? And then we get the show, and it's just people that we see most weeks in AEW anyway. So maybe they filmed some backstage stuff that they didn't show us that we'll see. Other thing. As far as this Ring of Honor tribute show does go, Tony Khan did state that it'll go up on Honor Club for free, not behind the paywall, and the AEW, or the Ring of Honor YouTube channel, and he said that they will try to get this Uploaded and edited and up and everything as soon as
1: they can. So. First things first. Let me pull up my notes. Let's see. My notes that I took live from the show for all the other stuff.
0: So we've got... We'll start with Dark. Um, we got the dark spoilers. Not much to talk about with all these. Uh, Sky Blue defeated Zoe Dubois. And apparently, like, a couple of the websites that were posting dark spoilers had a bunch of names wrong. But Sky Blue defeated Zoe Dubois. Okay match, nothing special. The fans loved Zoe stretching before the show even started more than the match itself. Because she's flexible as hell. Like, she's, like, stretching... Her leg, like stretching on the ropes and stuff like this. I don't think you can see that. Like doing the stretching on the ropes and stuff, you know? Where she, like, puts her leg out. She goes like this. And then all of a sudden, her leg just goes straight up. Straight up. And everyone's like, ooh. And she's like doing splits to stretch. Fans were going nuts over this girl stretching. I've never seen Zoe Dubois before, but she did lose to Sky Blue. in the Blade came out to a really good reaction, like a really good pop. They defeated uh, David McAllen and Rishi Slade. Again, another name they got wrong because David McAllen's... What is it? He usually goes by a different name, a different first name, but they called him David tonight. Then Rushin pressed advance, took on... uh, Papacito Blanco and Papacito Negro, and they picked up the victory. Brooke Havoc made her big return to AEW after having... uh, She was out for a knee injury. Took on and lost to Emmy Sakura. Dark Order, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Evil Uno defeated the Wingmen, Ryan Nemeth, Peter Avalon, and Serpentico. And then Tony Nese and Ari Divari defeated Jordan Cruz and Big
1: Fonz. This here cemented why I don't want to dark. All these matches were really
0: short and nothing special happened at all. And hey, Rampage was kind of the same. So, first match we get is Jungle Boy and Ethan Page. Jungle Boy does pick up the victory here, but some stuff did happen. Now, a lot of this match took
1: place at ringside, so I missed a lot of this. Maybe not a lot of the match, but a good... (coughs) excuse. A good
0: portion of this match took place at ringside, so I missed a lot of it. Because at this point, the freaking guy was standing in front of his monitor, so I couldn't see ringside, and I couldn't see his freaking monitor. Anywho. Gist of it. And again, we're in spoiler territory. We're talking full spoilers. Gist of it. Before the match starts, Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway come out. Actually, hold on. No, no, no. I gotta go back Dark really fast, because Tony Nese had Or not Tony Nese. Um... Mark Sterling had a funny line. He comes out in, before the Tony Nice artivari tag match, and he's like, so, I heard there's a rule in San Francisco that uh, you can't walk the streets if you're ugly. And looking to, all well, you people here in Fresno, it's no wonder you live here and not San Francisco. And I'm like, oh, the ugly joke to the to the live crowd. Gotcha. Well, anyways, so Stokely and Ethan Page come out, and they start saying some stuff about how um the other guys in the firm couldn't get it done and Jungle Boy and Hook beat them, but they shouldn't have been they shouldn't have been able to beat Big Bill and um Lee Moriarty. So Ethan Page had to stop what he's doing with Matt Hardy on dark to come over here and take care of things. And so basically Stokely was like when I say, I need Isaiah and Matt to come out. That means we need you. And well they hear it and they come out. And the fan starts chatting, delete, 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 delete. And he's like, I didn't say, kuh-haw. I was telling you, the, the, the key is, kuh-haw. when you hear me say, then come out. And I'm like, what the fuck, what are you talking about? Maybe I just heard this wrong, but that's what it sounded like. But Matt Hardy and Isaiah Castillo ringside the entire freaking time. So, we're doing the match, and it's going, and a lot of things are happening, and I'm not really able to see much. So, I didn't get many good notes here. And at one point, they're in the ring. And Hook's music plays. And Hook walks out on the stage. Paige tries to go for the pin. He grabs Matt Hardy's hair to avoid a code red and kind of like hold down Jungle Boy for a pin. Hardy then shoves Paige by accident, leading to Jungle Boy hitting the code red and picking up the pinfall victory. Jungle Boy gets out of the ring. Hook slowly starts to walk off, and Ethan Page yells at them both to stop. And he's kind of like, Matt, you always say you have my back, right? You got my back. You're by my side. And then and that and that. Matt's like, of course I'm by your side, Ethan. Of course I've got your back. He's like, all right. Well, I'm going to propose a tag team match for next week. Hey, Jungle Boy and Hook, how about you do your thing, whatever you want to call it, one more time. And you two take on the team of myself and Matt Hardy. Next week on Dynamite, it's going to be Ethan Page and Matt Hardy taking on Jungle Hook. So Antonio Schiavone gets in the ring and he says, I want to introduce my next guest and out comes Ortiz. Now, I hate when AEW does this shit. If you're going to do a talking segment that starts with Ortiz, then why not say we're going to hear from Ortiz instead of telling us on Dynamite, on Friday, we're going to hear from Eddie Kingston. If this was real life, then what was Eddie Kingston's original segment? Supposed to be? Like, if we're supposed to think this is all real. Like, okay, no, 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 no. <clears throat> let, me, let me rewind that. <clears throat> if this was real, then how would you know to advertise Eddie Kingston if it wasn't known that Ortiz was going to call him out? And also, Ortiz's whole motive for calling him out was bullshit stupid. Anyways, I hate when AEW does this. when they're like, MJF is going to be on the show. And then the only reason MJF appears on the show is because somebody else calls him out or somebody else says something that leads him to running. It's, it's nonsensical because you're telling us that you want us to think it's real, even though we know it's scripted, but then you're really telling us it's scripted when you tell us someone's going to appear on the show and the segment is set up to make us think that the other people in the segment didn't know they were going to show. I don't. Ortiz comes out. And he's like, Tony, nothing against you, no disrespect or anything, but you're not the one I want to talk to. I need to speak to Eddie. Eddie, get your ass out here. So Eddie walks out with a chair in hand. And he's like, let's go talk in the back. We don't need to do this out here. Let's this. He's like, Oh, now you want to talk. Now you want to go talk in the back? He's like, you wouldn't talk to me earlier, so now we're going to do it right here, right now. He's like, what you did last week, you know that's not how it goes down. You were going to hit a woman? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You know that where we come from, you don't hit a woman. And Eddie, or Eddie's like trying to say something to him, but you can't hear because he's not got the mic on him or whatever. And he's like, is that how your mama raised you? Is that how your father raised you? No, I know that's not how your parents raised you. You don't hit a woman. Why were you going to hit a woman, Eddie? And the whole time I'm sitting here going, did you not watch it back, you stupid fuck? Did you not watch it back? where he clearly thought it was somebody else grabbing him, and he never actually swung at her. He just kind of, like, turned around with the chair up ready in case that was Alistair or Alistair Malachi Black. He didn't know it was Julia. Watch the footage, Ortiz, and Ortiz just keeps yelling at him, why were you going to hit her with the chair? Why were you going to hit a woman? And finally, Eddie gets fucking frustrated and fed up, and I fucking would have done the same thing. He grabs the chair that's in his hand. Boom! Hits Ortiz in the gut. Ortiz falls over. Grabs the chair. Looks around. boom! Hits Ortiz across the back with it. Looks at him. goes, Man, what the fuck Walks off. Ortiz all kinds of banged up from the chair shots. Yeah, I would have beat his ass with the chair too if you're going to be so stupid redundant and just keep on going. Why are you going to do that with the chair? Why are you going to almost hit a woman? Why are you going to almost hit... Your parents didn't raise you like that. Where we come from, you don't hit a woman. Like, did he? No. Did he almost... Kindly sort no. He bowed up
1: towards her because he thought it was Malachi. But this was stupid. This was dumb. The whole, and he says like
0: five to six times. Why are you going to hit a woman? Why would you almost hit a woman? Why are you going to hit, well, we could for, we will hit women. Your parents didn't raise you like that. I know your parents raised you better. You're not ready to hit a woman. Like, yeah, I would have knocked out Ortiz with that goddamn chair too because he got so goddamn annoying. So we go on and we get a Lucha Underground match. It's Brian Cage against Willie Mack. Ooh, boy, was this match so much fun. This match was so fun. I really thoroughly enjoyed this match. Both men got a lot of offense in. And Brian Cage ultimately did pick up the victory. Jade Gargoyle and Layla Gray were in action. They took on uh, Jaina and Jordan Vanity. Never seen them or heard of them before. But it was an easy win for Jordan and Layla. Or Jade, I mean. Jade and Layla. Then, Axel Reddy took on Daniel Garcia in a fun match, but a match that really didn't keep my attention much. Like, the match is going and there were some cool spots. And there was like, and I kind of cut this half because I wasn't fully paying attention at one point because I got a, a message from my daughter that I was reading and I was trying to text back with her and everything. But there was something to do with that new gear Sammy gave to Daniel Garcia. And it sounded like I heard someone in the crowd yell at him to pull his pants back up or something. I don't know exactly what happened, because again, I was distracted on my phone by my daughter texting me. But there was something to do with that gear not fitting right or something. And Sammy was also on commentary. So like every time Daniel would do something, Sammy and uh, Jericho would start clapping. Daniel would do something good. And in the end though, Accident and Dreddy did defeat Daniel Garcia. So Actually, that's Three matches we know for next week's Dynamite. Actually, I take that back. So, Accident Andretti does defeat Daniel Garcia, which means that it's Ricky Starks and Accident Andretti against Jericho and Guevara. Daniel does not get to be in the match. So, I don't know where this is going to cut out on the broadcast, but Accident Andretti's in the ring for like five minutes yelling at Jericho, yelling at Sammy, yelling at uh, Garcia as they're up on the stage going, here's the real winner. Daniel's the real winner. Garcia's the real winner. And then eventually Sammy starts walking down the ramp, looking at uh and Andretti, and he pulls the shirt off or whatever, and then and Andretti like, sits down on the ropes, and he's like, come on, you want to come in and fight? And Sammy's like, yeah. Nah, you're not worth it. I'll get you next week and walks off. So I don't know how much of that's going to actually be on the show, because that was like a really drawn-out five minutes after the show actually ended, or the match ended, I mean. So, I don't know exactly where that's going to cut on, Dino, or on Rampage Friday. So, then we go to the Ring of Honor Jay Briscoe Celebration of Life Tribute Show. It's opened up. Now, I don't know. The way it was filmed made me think that this might not be on the actual broadcast. But... Basically, Ian Riccaboni and Caprice Coleman opened the whole thing. Again, I don't know how it's gonna air and what's gonna be seen and what's not gonna be seen. But Ian Riccaboni and Caprice Coleman just talked about Jay Briscoe and Jay Briscoe compared to Jam and Pugh and how he loved his family and how this and that. And he would always say the show must go on and all of, all this, all just all these kinds of different things about. Jay Briscoe, and what he meant to them, what he meant to Ring of Honor, and what he meant to so many different people. And they did make reference to, not only was he on the first Ring of Honor show, but Jay Briscoe was in the very first ever Ring of Honor match. On that first show, he was in the opener. So then they let us know The first match of the night is for the pure championship as Wheeler Yuta will be defending the title against Hanage, or no, how do you say this? Hanage? Hanange. I don't know how to say the first name. Hanage Shino. Never seen him, never heard of him before. But the match is all right. (laughs) It's a pure match. There's a lot, and I mean a lot of mat work, like way more than normal. Judges at ringside were Jerry Lindy, Malinko, and BJ Whitmer. And I hear someone yell, wait, they brought all three of them in? They all came just for this? And I'm like, oh, you really don't know. You really don't know. Those three guys are there every week. Jerry Lindy, Malinko, and BJ Whitmer. Those three guys are there every week. But in the end, Utah did successfully retain the pure championship. Adam Cole would then make his way out to the ring. This is the only person, well, not the only person. But one of, I think three, yeah, only three people spoke in front of the live crowd about Jay Briscoe. So Adam Cole comes out, huge reaction. It's all about the boom. Crowd goes nuts. So Adam Cole comes out. He's talking about Jay Briscoe and how Jay Briscoe helped him so much within early on in his career. He talked about how he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jay Briscoe. There would be no Adam Cole if there was no Jay Briscoe. That Jay Briscoe. Always made him feel welcome. Jay Briscoe always helped him. Jay Briscoe always went out of his way, and he starts to choke up, and he has to stop himself for a second, and then he talks about how Jay Briscoe loved his family, and the family was everything, and he always wanted to make sure he was there for his kids, and he always, always, always wanted to be at his daughter's cheerleading try or practices and tournaments, and this. And then it was always, you know, and this is something uh, Eric Cabani said that a show would end, and the first thing, first thing Jay Briscoe was worried about was. Where's that first flight to get back home? Where's that first? What do I need? A flight or a car or something? What's the quickest way to get me back home now? I'm done. I'm going home to my family. Don Cole basically just reiterated the same sentiment. But they had a match that was no good at all. Like this match was clunk over clunk after clunk. It was Marina Shafir against Mighty Myra. Marina wins by submission. But this match was not good. There was a spot where. Marina grabs Myra, whips her into the corner, grabs her again, whips her into the other corner. Myra f- takes a face bump. And as she's falling for the face, the flat face bump, Marina goes hoo, 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 to the sky or to the, the air, the wind. Myra's, I don't know if Myra was supposed to pop out of the corner, come at her, and then take the punches and fall, but she just w- gets whipped into the corner, you know, bump. Right down, and as she's halfway down, Marina then goes
1: boom, boom, boom. Like,
0: what the fuck are you punching?
1: What? Well, this match was not good. Marina wins. It's super short and quick. Then the next match, we hear this music start playing because you know every time a match
0: was right to, about to start, um, Justin Roberts would be like, "All right, you ready for another match?" Gonna start now, and then someone's music would hit. So this music hits that I don't recognize. I'm like, oh whoa, who could this be? it's Somebody they don't have graphics for. Like everybody else, their graphics showed on the screen, and this, and that. I'm like, oh who could this be? There's no graphics on the screen. Is this somebody that just like came in last minute? That's not normal to AW ring up. And how come fucking QT Marshall? It's just fucking QT. I'm like, you don't got graphics for QT or the factory? What happened here? But he does take on Eddie Kingston. Do have a pretty good match? And Eddie Kingston does win in the end. After the match, Eddie Kingston walks up the ramp, gets on his knees, and there's a big old picture. You guys have probably seen it by now, but I'll show it really quick um, on the screen. There's a big old picture on the screen, or on the, on the, the, the set of Jay Briscoe. And I'm going to pull it up right here. And so Eddie falls to his knees, and he does like the little pray praising Jay. He does, like, mm, kiss of the sky, whatever. I think my Dito did the same thing, too, during his entrance. But he then goes over, hugs Caprice Coleman, hugs um, Ian Riccoboni, and I'll show you this on the screen one last time. That's was on the screen the whole time during the matches. This was the graphics package they used. It's something they threw together last minute or whatever. But you got the big picture of uh, Jay Briscoe there, so... Eddie, well, I'm I'm doing the wrong thing. You have the big picture of Jay Briscoe here, so Eddie Kingston got on his knees right here and started like you know bowing to him, which is really cool to see. So then, like I said, he went over and hugged Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccaboni because he gets on his feet and he looks over at commentary. And he's like, "Get up, get up!" And they they kind of slowly get up like they don't know what to expect. And he grabs Ian Riccaboni and he hugs him really tight. And he grabs Caprice and he hugs him really tight. Oh, that was nice. So then we get a non-title match. Not sure why they didn't just call it a title match. It's a non-title match. They don't say the title's on the line, but it's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Athena, against Madison Rain. Match is okay. Nothing special. Nothing bad, really. Sky Blue was at ringside, and Athena did pick up the victory via submission with a crossface. After the match, Sky Blue jumps in to check on Madison. Athena attacks her, and lays her out with a bell shot. We then had um, Yuka Sakazaki take on and defeat Sandra Moon. You may know her as Sandra Moon Pie, but they called her tonight Sandra Moon. Out would then come Brandon Cutler. He would take on and lose to Juice Robinson. This is the match you guys need to see, because this match is actually really good. Like, there was a spot that literally... Every person in this building thought Brandon Cutler had just beat Jay, uh, Juice Robinson. So they're going and they're like, there's some good spots in this match. They're very much going back and forth, very even contest. It's not like, oh, Juice beat his ass and defeated him pretty quickly. No, because I posted Juice Robinson versus Brandon Cutler. Then afterwards, I put Juice Robinson won, and someone t- comments on the, twi- on the tweet and was like, oh, oh hold on, I'm going to read it verbatim. Thanks, dude. Would have never guessed. But if you didn't see the match, you wouldn't know the, we all thought Brandon Cutler should have won this match. And maybe Aubrey blew the finish. Because there was a pin that I swear to God, her hand hit three, but they didn't call it. Every single person in that building was going two. It was two. No, two. No, no, three, three. Like Everybody in that building was like three, three, not a two, three, like, it was a, like, it was one, two. I swear to God that if, if, if her hand didn't touch, it was, you probably can't see, but it was that close. I'm trying to get, it was like that close. Like it was the closest you can get. Juice kicks out. Actually, Juice does end up winning, but like there was some good back and forth in this match. And that false finish got literally every single person in that building. Then we go to our main event, Claudio Castagnoli defending the, the ROH World Championship against Christopher Daniels. Yes, the Fallen Angel. Throughout this entire match, they were dueling chants. They're like, Fallen Angel. Well, how, how was it? One section, the section I was sitting in we were all chanting Fallen Angel, and then the other was saying, no, I think it was, I think it was Fallen Angel, Claudio. Fallen Angel Claudio. Two had a great, perfect wrestling match. They teased the big, the big swing a couple times. Eventually, he does hit the big swing with 11 rotations. And in the end, Claudio Castagnoli retains the title. Afterwards, Daniels, or Daniels, Christopher Daniels does speak about Jay Briscoe and what he means to everybody in the locker room. Claudio then spoke about hugging your loved ones telling your loved ones you love them, letting everybody know how you feel. He said he heard a song on the radio that the hook of the song was, "Don't." he's like, give me flowers when I'm here to, it, and I don't want to butcher this, because he was said the same thing. He's like, hopefully I say this right and I don't butcher it. But he's like, I heard on the radio today
1: a, a song that really stuck with me today. That basically said, give me flowers when I'm here
0: to enjoy them not after I'm gone and can't or something like that. Claudio would then thank the fans for being here. He would thank the fans for staying as late as they did. And then he ended it with, please drive home safe. So there we go. Overall, great experience. I think, I think, I'm not sure, but I think I saw City's Righteous Reg there, which means he came down all the way from like the Bay Area. But that's a, it's a three hour drive, depending on what part of the bear. It could be forward, depending on if he's more north than I
1: think, but I think that's all Grab Cities, Righteous Reg. But I don't, I, I think it was him. Because I'm
0: pretty sure he posted a picture that I saw on Twitter of the ROH ring. And then I think I saw him like on the other side of the section I was sitting in. But I didn't like go up to him or there, no no, 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 no. But um, regardless, great experience. Super fun. Crowd was amazing. Crowd was awesome. Yeah. Now it's like, do I go when they come back? I mean, they're not coming back here, but they're going San Francisco, the Bay Area. Do I go to one of the Bay Area shows? This was really fun. do I want to drive three hours? Is that for sure. If I go to one of those shows, I am doing a review the same night. I mean, actually we could. I could just go to Baby Huey's house. He'll probably be one of those. So I don't don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But regardless, that is everything that went down tonight at the ring of honor or the, well, the the AEW slash ring of honor tapings. I thought it was a great experience. Super fun. Awesome crowd. Highly recommend going to an AEW show. I mean, if you love pro wrestling, you'll love going to an AEW show. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night.
1: Have a great rest of your week if I don't see you later this week. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.